Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 5 of A New Voice of Freedom, written by Ronald Keith Messer. This podcast is taken from a series of books written under the banner, In Defense of Christianity. Podcast 26, Argument for the Existence of God, Episode 29 is entitled, Practical Science versus Theoretical Science. Scientists claim that Earth the solar system, the Milky Way galaxy, the cosmos, and man were all created by accident. Bertrand Russell, a mathematician and philosopher, said that man is an accidental collocation of atoms. Christians need to understand that there are two sciences. The first is practical science based on temporal laws. The second is theoretical science based on opinion or personal interpretation. Theoretical science is nothing but theories until proven fact by the scientific method. Some theories, of course, can never be proven or disproven, such as the existence of God, the origin of life, the purpose of the earth, or the existence of life after death. Unfortunately, scientists, or those who pretend to use science to prove their personal agenda, do not always distinguish between practical science and theoretical science. They present the theories of scientists or philosophers as if they were proven fact rather than inference. Science can be both inductive and deductive. Inductive science begins with facts and ends with conclusions. Deductive science begins with theories and organizes evidence to prove it. Ultimately, true science must end in the lab, where theories are validated by the scientific method using experimentation and repetition, where the outcomes must meet the predictions. How many remember the fiasco of cold fusion? However, when the purpose of science is to validate opinion rather than to discover truth, then science is no longer science. When theories are given as facts, then science becomes mere propaganda. Science today in political circles is being used to further the agenda of the left as shown by global warming. It becomes opinion supported by opinion, a very shaky foundation. Science should be apolitical, devoted only to the truth and natural law and not to further a cause. Some of scientists' pet theories are still just theories, such as the Big Bang, the giant heat death, the age of the universe, the origins of man, etc., Probably, no theory is more abused than the theory of evolution. Clearly, evolution in species exists. But those who claim that because of evolution, God doesn't exist, or man was created by accident, or man came from monkey, etc., commit the fallacy of false analogy. They carry the theory of evolution further than scientific evidence allows. When man uses science as authority to validate personal opinions that can never be proven, they commit the fallacy of appeal to authority. Or, if they appeal to the number of people who support their claim, they commit the fallacy of appeal to majority. Neither are valid arguments. 
Practical science appeals to law, which is predictable and exquisitely and unerringly ordered. Theoretical science appeals to authority, which is subject to the preconceived notions of the scientist. It is entirely irrational for science to claim there is no God. Individually, people may believe what they wish to believe, but to remain science, science must remain neutral on the existence of God. The only rational claim is that they don't know, and leave it at that. Christians may take any law relative to the creation of man or earth and claim intelligent design. However, Christians cannot prove the existence of God any more than atheists, scientists or otherwise, can disprove the existence of God. God is entirely faith-based. One of my favorite analogies must remain anonymous because I cannot remember the author. I just remember the plot. A little boy told his friend that he controlled him. Every time his friend did anything, he said, I made you do that. Finally, the friend grew tired of the little boy and punched him squarely in the nose. Nonplussed, the little boy said, I made you do that. So it is with the argument regarding the existence of God. Regardless of the scientific explanation, a Christian may always claim intelligent design. Agnosticism in science is justified. Agnosticism is when one simply says, I don't know if God exists or not. Atheism as a science is not justified. A scientist may be an atheist, but science cannot be. Science must remain open to all possibilities where there is no proof to the contrary. Please do not misunderstand me. Theoretical science is necessary to the scientific method. However, all theories must be proven by the scientific method to be declared as law or as fact or as scientific truth. Great discoveries must begin somewhere. It is practical science that has advanced technology. Practical science relies strictly on the principle of causality. Practical science advances as man increases his understanding of the temporal laws that govern Earth, the solar system, and indeed the universe. Consider Earth as a sphere, the solar system as a sphere, the galaxy as a sphere, and so on. God organized a complete set of laws that act independently to govern every sphere, else nothing could exist. What does it mean when we say that God created us equal? It doesn't mean that we all have the same gifts of the Spirit. It doesn't mean that we are all physically equal in every way. To be equal means that we are given the same potential in the grand scheme of things. Three things make us equal. Intelligence, law, and faith. Number one, intelligence self-exists. I don't mean IQ, that's man-made. Intelligence or consciousness cannot be created or destroyed, and intelligence has infinite potential. Else how do you explain the existence of God? Number two, God gave us equal laws. Everything is governed by law. We can achieve nothing without obeying the laws which bring about the effect. It is law that gives us free will. It is knowledge of good and evil that gives us agency. It is law that makes us equal. We choose which laws we will obey. Equality can exist on no other principle. Those laws are often discernible using the scientific method. The independence of law was designed to give us agency. God effectively removed himself, given the appearance that the universe runs itself. That is the nature of law. Number three. Faith in God is the greatest source of power in the universe. God can make weak things strong. Because organized sets of laws are independent, 
it gives the appearance that God is not necessary. Faith is required to connect the laws of the universe with God. Faith requires uncertainty. That is why God remains invisible. God is seen only with the spiritual eye and not with the natural eye. With or without a belief in God, science will continue to harness the laws of the universe to achieve man's purposes. In a strictly functional way, it doesn't matter if a scientist is a theist or an atheist. He or she can still be a great scientist because law knows no religion. The search for truth should govern all scientific inquiry. I also claim that the search for truth should govern all religious inquiry. Truth first, opinions last. Any scientist who is afraid of truth should seek a different occupation. Contrary to what atheists would have us believe, there is no shred of scientific proof that God does not exist. In fact, the evidence for God is on the side of the Christian because laws create a perfectly ordered universe, and perfect order suggests intelligent design. In fact, even scientists call Earth the Goldilocks Zone because everything is just right. To a Christian, natural law and the order of the universe suggest there is a God. To a true believer, all laws suggest intelligent design, and intelligent design suggests God. Scientific law will never contradict the existence of God. It is like trying to get law to contradict itself. Surely, one of the greatest arguments for intelligent design is the existence of constants, as well as the existence of all other natural laws. Science creates its own conundrum by willfully denying intelligent design in the face of fantastic order everywhere they look. They simply avoid the issue by claiming that all creation is by accident, regardless of the falsifying probability. Science uses accident as an explanation for the creation of man and for the creation of the universe in the same way that Christians use intelligent design. Considering the laws of probability, the argument leans heavily in favor of the Christians. The argument of science is simply this, there is no God, therefore there can be no intelligent design. There is no intelligent design, therefore the appearance of intelligent design is caused by accident. The argument is circular, it begs the question and has no logical validity. Regardless of the heated climate, Christians should avoid contention, for their testimony is nothing unless validated by the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost will not validate one's anger, or his arrogance. The Holy Ghost validates only truth, not orthodoxy. Truth cares nothing for the authority of man. All of mankind may hold one opinion and still be wrong. Opinion has no effect on truth regardless of the authority of the person holding that opinion. The fable, The Emperor's New Clothes, illustrates the point beautifully. The entire town praised the Emperor's New Clothes until a child pointed out that he was completely naked. The fable becomes even more poignant when it becomes clear to everyone that the emperor is naked. Yet the town, along with the nobleman and the emperor himself, maintain the fantasy to keep up appearances and continue the procession through the streets. The fable concludes with the following. The emperor shivered, for he suspected they were right. But he thought, this procession has got to go on. So he walked more proudly than ever as his nobleman held high the train that wasn't there at all. It is much like the argument against intelligent design. Everything, natural law, the earth, the solar system, the galaxy, the universe, constants, 
decries intelligent design. However, because science declares there is no God and no creator, the theory of the accidental universe proceeds on and on and on because, as with the emperor, the procession must go on. Otherwise, scientists would have to admit they were wrong. It is much like the argument against free will, when we must have free will to continue the argument. Science is obsessed with the origins of things, a noble drive. However, one should never confuse atheism with scientific objectivism. Atheism, like theism, is a system of religious beliefs. The only difference is the choice of gods. Atheists cling to the agnosticism of science for they reason that if they can find the origin of life and the universe, they can lay to rest once and for all the belief in the existence of God. Some atheists grasp at straws to prove their atheism. Where truth is not relevant, science is dead. Those who preach atheism appear to overlook the fact that atheism is a religion whose God is chance. They worship chance with as much religious fervor as the ancient aesthetics worship God. Both are invisible. Fanaticism is not partial to any religion. Science has its denominations, just as Christianity has its denominations. Denominations are generally organized around a specific interpretation of theories. Christians, though they have this Bible in common, differ on fundamental principles such as the resurrection, or baptism, or pre-earth life. I side with those Christians who believe that we are spirit children of God, that He is, in fact, our Father in heaven, that He is the Father of our spirits, and that through Christ He created our physical bodies from the elements of the earth to house our immortal spirits, that Christ created the earth for a man, and was foreordained to be our Savior and Redeemer before the earth was even created, that we are here for a purpose. It appears illogical that God would order the universe and yet not have a plan for his children. God is a God of law and order, and for everything he does, he first designs a plan. I appeal to the book of Job in the Old Testament, chapter 38. Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measure thereof, if thou knowest, or who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened, or who laid the cornerstone thereof, when the morning stars sank together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy? We were those morning stars. We were those sons of God. We shouted for joy when Christ created the earth just for us. We wanted to come to earth and gain a physical body. We wanted our agency. The purpose of earth was to increase our agency. Scientists tell us that no two snowflakes are alike. No two leaves on a tree are alike. How much greater are the differences of human beings who are endowed with high intelligence and free will? Every individual on earth is unique and has a unique purpose foreordained in heaven. I believe we all have the ability, if we seek it through prayer and meditation, to discern what our purpose is, even if it takes a lifetime. Everyone has gifts of the Spirit. Everyone is good at something. It is how we use our gifts that matter. Because of agency, we may use them for good or evil. Unless we know why we are here on earth, life has no meaning, no purpose no reason for being. Socrates said, The unexamined life is not worth living. We must know the why to appreciate the who, where, what, when, and how. 
The greatest questions on earth are these. Where did we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going after this life? The greatest quest on earth is the search for truth. In conclusion, I shall have Linda read a list of 40 reasons why I believe God created the earth for man. The list is taken from an earlier podcast in Season 1, Podcast 42. 1. To gain a physical body. 2. To experience opposition. 3. To be able to choose for ourselves. 4. To develop faith in God. 5. To prepare to meet God. 6. To gain experience. 7. To gain wisdom. 8. To learn obedience. 9. To serve our fellow men. 10. To learn to control power righteously. 11. To learn how to overcome adversity. 12. To become like God. 13. To increase in freedom, agency, and liberty. 14. To develop our potential. 15. To increase in intelligence. 16. To exercise free will through obedience to law. 17. To know ourselves. 18. To distinguish good from evil. 19. To develop the virtues of Christ in adversity. 20. To overcome temptation. 21. To understand God. 22. To become subject to law. 23. To understand and control law. 24. To appreciate paradise. 25. To prove ourselves worthy to live with God. 26. To be enticed by both God and Satan. 27. To discover the true value of things. 28. To increase in light and truth. 29. To learn what is real. 30. To gain knowledge. 31. To earn a greater resurrection. 32. To create happiness and experience joy. 33. To know unhappiness and experience sorrow. 34. To understand pure love. 35. To gain self-reliance. 36. To overcome the natural man. 37. To understand the spiritual and the physical. 38. To understand consequences of law. 39. To put our faith on trial. 40. To advance our eternal progression. Thank you for listening. Please join us next week as we continue the argument for the existence of God. Also, please listen to Monday's podcast on John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress and Friday's podcast, The Stories of the New Testament. We are presently on the book of Matthew. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.